Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. We're so delighted to be able to talk to the great Bing Copeland. Bing, you spent the time in 1974, you leave the surf and you move to Idaho and create a successful business there. When I'm in the ocean, waiting for the waves, these bumps in the ocean to come, and then I look up because I surf in Ventura at the mountains in front of me, on some level, I almost feel like it's the same. There's a mountain of water, there's a mountain of dirt, that there's a wave, it's a frozen wave, and that's what a mountain is. What was it like to transition in your life from having 24-7 the ocean and surfing to now being in the mountains? Well, it was, uh, it was a matter of necessity at the time. Mm-hmm. It wasn't so much that, 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 that I did it for the, for the mountains themselves. I did it because the surfboard industry was, uh, at that time, was going into the tank. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I ha- and I, ha- I really had to do something different. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this was, uh, this was, as the boards were getting shorter, very short, actually, uh, and it was also happened to be the hippie era and the drug era uh, in California, uh, which led me to think I'd like to, to live in a smaller town. Mm-hmm. Uh, my business was dwindling because the older guys that uh, the guys that were paying the full price for surfboards, uh, a lot of them were quitting because they didn't want to ride short boards. So there wasn't enough business. I had a big factory and a, a lot of employees, and uh, I, I could see it in the handwriting on the wall that it wasn't going to continue to be a successful business. So uh, I, I contacted a friend in Idaho, actually, who used to work with me, was my sales manager for years, mm-hmm. and uh, he, he had a business up there, and I, I moved up and uh, became a partner with him, and that's turned out very well for both of us. But uh, that, that's the reason I did it. There was no other reason other than it was a necessity. You know, I just love when I study your life, how, as a surgeon, how important art is to me. And what I love about your journey is how important art seemed to be for you as well. And I had the privilege of taking care of Bruce Brown, did shoulder surgery on him, and we became very close friends. And I noticed recently that the the iconic poster, The Endless Summer, made by John Hammersfeld. You also worked with him in your poster designs. So tell us about Bruce Brown. Tell us about John Hammersfeld and how much art played a role in your life. When I had my very first shop on the Strand in Hermosa Beach, right by the pier, John Van Hammersfeld was a young surfer at, the, at that time. And he and his crew, most of the Haggerty Surf Club, members and stuff like that became customers of mine and uh john actually he did the poster as as an ad for the hmm. magazine for uh, he was uh i guess editor or, or art director of international surfing was it or surfing mm-hmm. illustrated one of those two and so th- that's where that poster came from but it was re- originally an ad but he did this prior to doing the endless summer poster so he kind of talks about it starting him into the poster business. So I, I feel I feel uh, honored about that. You were there for the beginning of everything. How about Bruce Brown? Bruce Brown, I, I, I've known Bruce Brown, you know, all through the years. But uh, we were never real close. But uh, mm-hmm. a great, great guy. I always respected him and, and uh, enjoyed his films for sure. 
Now, tell us, take us back to 1957 with Greg Knoll, the first day at Waimea. I got to ask you this question, because I ask this of every surfer I have on the show, from Jerry Lopez to, I had Greg and Jed Knoll on uh, in the past as well, Sean Thompson. Tell us about the close calls. You're surfing Waimea Bay in 1957. Have you ever said to yourself, uh-oh, I'm down too long, this may be it for me? No, I, I never, never really had that feeling. I, really, I, I enjoy, I enjoyed bigger waves. I enjoyed big waves. Uh, when we went to, in 1955 to 57, we spent a lot of time uh, at Makaha, and n- luckily we got there. You know, we surfed in California, so we were we were young, 19 years old. We were in good shape. Uh, we were good swimmers because in those days we didn't have leashes. If you lose your board, you had to swim. So everybody mm. had pretty good survive, survival swimming skills. Uh, mm. But I remember surfing Makaha when it started like it, you know, we started surfing at about six foot and, and, you know, a day or two later, it get a little bigger, a little bigger. And so we got, we worked our way up and we eventually mm. were riding 20, 20 foot waves at Makaha. But <laughs> the thing that I, that I liked about the larger waves is the slowness. It's just like, you know, it was a, a takeoff and a long drop. If you look down the line and if you see it's going to close out, You'd straighten your board out. You'd shoot way out in front of the wave. And it just seemed like it took forever. You could lay down, and then the, the white water would catch up with you and just kind of envelop you. And then you come popping out of it, bouncing and bouncing. <laughs> These were on bigger boards. These were balsa boards in those days. Balsa, balsa, wow. Melzi's Melzi 9-6 surfboard. So. Bing, when you shaped the boards, did you play music, or did you prefer to be in silence? I was always in silence, although some of my uh, employees that shaped uh, enjoyed music. But I, I, I no, I always liked to just concentrate on what I was doing. I, no, music was not a part of my shaping, for sure. After, um, this is my last question, Bing. I'm, I could talk to you for hours. Now that you look back on your life, for the young folks, what kind of message would you give someone? Like, what should you do with your life? Do you find the passion do you follow the wind in whichever way it blows you? What would be your meaning of life or your journey for life? I would say uh, just to follow your passion and uh, and go the way the wind blows. Just do what do what just seems to come natural and uh, enjoy the trip. I, I never really planned my future. I just sort of lived every day as, as it came to me and. And it's uh, worked out well for me. So I, I don't know how else to say that, but just to just to follow follow the line and do do what you want to do, and and uh, hopefully you enjoy it. You know, we can all learn from this. Uh, you've had a blessed life, but the most important thing is you appreciate the blessing that it is. And it's exactly the way Vince Scully speaks as well. He still feels like he's the luckiest guy in the world, and all shucks about it. And you're the same way, Bing Copeland. It's such a pleasure. Listen, you now have an orthopedic surgeon in your family, me, if you ever need me. And I sure appreciate you joining us today. You really made our day, particularly with this crazy pandemic going on. Exactly. Thank you, Robbie. I'm enjoying talking to you from my home in Idaho, overlooking the mountains. It's peaceful and calm. There's no, no cars on the road because of this virus thing. And uh, yeah. it's pretty, enjoy- pretty enjoyable. Thanks very much for well, having me. Okay. Stay safe, Bing Koblen. And God bless you. All right, Warriors, coming up next, the clinic will be open. The number is 877-710-ESPN. What a pleasure to be able to talk to one of my heroes. 
the great Bing Copeland on 710 ESPN.